I actually want to introduce someone to you um, this morning, first of all. So, I'm, actually, I might help Levi because he's going to need a little bit of help. Okay, now oh, he actually came here in the car, and it was a much bumpier ride than this. Uh, oops. Okay, let's put him down here so we don't drop him. Hey, I, I can take him. There you go. How about you sit next to him? Okay. Well, this is, and I've got a little photo up here—a close-up photo because you probably can't see him. Um, this is Scorpion, and uh, Scorpion is a run-of-the-mill yabby that uh, started his life as one of these little yabby at the pet shop. And Layla's been, uh, Levi's been looking after him for the last two and a half years, and Scorpion has grown to be uh, this beauty here. Um, now, now, Scorpion, parents, if you want a pet that is simple, like this thing is easier than fish. Um, so easiest pet we have. This is Scorpion, and this was Scorpion's home for two and a half years. And uh, Scorpion, he, he didn't mind it, but uh, Scorpion got an upgrade recently. And I've got a photo of his upgrade. This is Scorpion's upgrade. And I have never seen the most, uh, a more happier yabby in my whole life. Um, this little thing, he was so happy, in fact, that he got in his cage and, and probably for, for a number of days, he would just kind of run up and down the cage and do you know how they've got many little legs and kind of moving rocks up and down and his little claws was going in the air and he would sample each little plant and um, he was a happy yabby. But what we did notice is that with time, uh, this little yabby, scorpion there, actually, Mary Ellen, can we move on to the next photo? He's just sitting there. Um, he became a little bit more lethargic. And uh, kind of just not quite moving around much more. We put some fish in there with him and it kind of spurred him up a little bit again. Um, but he's kind of just getting a little bit lazy again. Uh, he, would, he would come out when, when he's food, of course. He would run to wherever that is. But other than that, Scorpion spends most of his life now, he still likes it, I'm sure, around this little log in the middle. And he's dug out a little burrow for him there and, uh, and he's quite happy there. But... Um, he, he's just not quite as, as, as lively as he once was. And he, he doesn't seem to have quite that... I don't even know how you tell that a, a, a um, crayfish or a yabby is smiling, but it felt like he was smiling before. And I just thought, that yabby is taking his surroundings for granted now. He has no idea that in the, in the wild... Um, he could be eaten by something straight away, no one comes and feeds him... Um, I thought, man, that's it's a bit like us at times, isn't it? We kind of just get habituated to our surroundings and everything kind of just um, blends in and, and, and becomes just quite normal and mundane and, and, and boring, in a sense. And, and as, we, as we stop being aware of, of the, the wonder, that, that little yabby needs some more wonder in his life, um, as, as we stop becoming aware of the wonder, there's, there's something in, in that life starts to just close around, close in on us, in a sense. I was uh, thinking about what we could do about that. And 
We could get Scorpion a new tank, um, but I, I don't know where we go from there. You just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger tanks, and I think that's big enough already. And, uh, but maybe even him spending a little bit of time in his old tank might actually help him when he goes back into his normal tank, because he might actually realise what he's got now. There's some, some, some things that apply to us there too, isn't there? Another time that Scorpion gets a little bit down is uh, when his tank gets dirty. Now, fortunately, Scorpion doesn't mess up his tank very much, so we, we really don't have to clean it out very often. But if the filter gets pulled out or um, it gets clogged up, uh, it can start growing stuff in there pretty fast. And uh, it's, it's not that nice. The water kind of gets cloudy and yuck. And Scorpion slows down then as well. Now, I think we, we kind of have a, a bit of an experience like that as well. As, as our world gets dirty or our world gets cloudy, it has an effect on us. And uh, life just becomes a little bit more difficult. I was thinking about that as well. There's, there's many situations in which life can get a little bit cloudy, a little bit dirty. Um, but in a sense, the tank that we're in, the, the world that we're in at the moment, is a little bit cloudy, a little bit dirty. Anyway, we've got all this stuff about Ukraine at the moment, um, stuff about the economy and what's going to happen there, um, the stuff in Asia and China and um, the COVID stuff that just seems to keep going and the restrictions and, and all of this stuff, it has an effect on us. It's like we're kind of in a, in a dirty type of tank and it just kind of has a, a fatiguing, um, uh, a heaviness that can, be, that can come upon us. I wonder if you've experienced that. Most people that I've, I've talked to recently just have felt kind of something of a heaviness, something of a, of a fatigue, of, of just the, the cloudiness and the, the dirtiness of just the stuff going on around us at the moment. I particularly felt this at the beginning of January. Uh, do you know when those, those new restrictions came out and um, I don't know if we had to, I think we had to wear masks again and uh, they, they said the kids had to go, couldn't go back to school for another two weeks. Um, that, that really kind of, I, I'm normally a fairly optimistic and positive person, but it really started to affect me inside. And there was a sense in which I kind of just went, oh, I'm, I'm just kind of sick of this. I, I kind of internally threw my hands up. Like, this is, I, I've just had enough. Um, and there's a, there's a heaviness that comes with that. I've uh, shared that with a number of people and, and a number of us have actually experienced that. Just this enduring heaviness, this enduring fatigue. Uh, and and what, what do we do about that? For me, if I've actually started to see a, a real transition in my life. And, and, and where that really started, I can pinpoint it quite um, quite clearly, and it was, can you remember in the holidays, we did a series on the fruit of the Spirit, and the last one was looking at joy. Now, one of the things that I like to do whenever I'm preaching is, is uh, leading up to that, I start to read about the topic, and I start to, to read the, the passages that are in, involved with that passage, and I start to say, God, God, what do you have to say to me? 
Um, because I, I think the best way for me to speak to, to, to us is, is for God to have spoken to me first. So I, I, I really look for that. God, what do you have to say to me? And uh, God, God really spoke to me as I looked uh, through joy. And he, he gave me a very practical um, illustration of that as well. If you remember the, the week that I was preparing that uh, message, I was actually on the highway going up north and a rock from, I don't know, actually, I don't know, even know what it was, but we're driving along and then all of a sudden there was a pop and our back windscreen um, just blew out and it shattered all over Layla, who was in the very back seat. And uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good way to kind of wreck a day. Uh, you've got to get this thing um, fixed and you've got to stop doing what you're doing because uh, it just looks a bit weird with a cracked windscreen at the back and it's noisy and the fumes, the fumes actually get sucked in straight inside the car then. That could have, that could have completely uh, kind of wrecked the day. We know how stuff like that, that's unexpected, that's not good, can just wreck a day. But I was preparing a sermon on joy <laughs> and on perspective. So what I decided to do is... Uh, is I, I think just having that in my mind is I just started to think about the blessings, about the things that I'm grateful for. I was really grateful that it wasn't a front windscreen. Really grateful that we didn't have an accident. I could, if, if maybe it could have got broken if someone went up the back of me. That's a lot more of a headache. Um, we, I, I said the other day, we, we, uh, we had finances to be able to repair that. Um, just thinking positively, being grateful. And we, we talked about the different perspectives. There's a, there's a perspective right in the middle here, which is the immediate circumstances with a broken window. And if we just stay there, it kind of infiltrates everything in our, in our day. But I, I was talking about moving out to degrees of perspective. And, and out here is a perspective of I'm still alive, my family's still safe, um, I, I actually have a car, which is amazing. Um, and from this perspective, everything looks a lot better. But what I started to think about later was how do we actually move from, from this perspective out to this perspective? And I think the movement there is actually gratitude. Gratitude. It's identifying things in our life, in, 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 despite the circumstances, things that we are thankful for. And as we move out towards things that we are thankful for, it, it moves us to a different perspective and we're able to see things differently. We talked about that day, the ultimate perspective, which is this perspective that we are God's children and we are in his hands and we are saved by him and he has a wonderful future uh, for us as well, that he will restore all things that we move there through gratitude as well. God seems to care a lot about gratitude. Uh, it's, he, uh, there's, there's many passages about gratitude. If we bring that next slide up, this is just, um, just a couple of them. It's a really, really short verse, this one, um, that... That first one, rejoice always, is a verse. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. That's not easy. Why would God ask us to do that? Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will 
for you in Christ Jesus. And here in Chronicles it says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his love endures forever. Amen? Amen. Amen. So that's a great song too. It's also thinking about uh, Jesus. Oh yes, Levi, you can, you can actually go back now, buddy. <laughs> I'll keep you yabby safe, okay? Yeah, let's give a round of applause. Thank you. I just started going. There we go. <laughs> Gratitude's important to Jesus as well. Uh, really, really important. When we think about gratitude, it's uh, one of the passages, one of the stories that comes to my mind is one from Luke. And uh, it's Luke chapter 17. So if you've got your Bibles there with you, it'd be good to open there to Luke chapter 17. And we're going to be uh, looking, jumping in at verse 11. So, Luke 17, verse 11. Now, Jesus, he was on his way to Jerusalem, and Jesus was traveling along the border between Samaria and Galilee. Now, this is a, a certain area that was quite remote. Um, it, was, it was not very, um, it was not ideal for living. Uh, the soil wasn't great, the conditions weren't great, this is not normally where you would live. As he was going into a village, so a village, there's a village here, um, this was most likely a, a village where lepers lived. You see, uh, lepers, the disease where you can't feel your digits and um, in, a, in a culture where you're using your hands a lot and everything is very physical, uh, if you can't feel stuff, you're going to do some damage to them very, very quickly. So these people would be uh, disfigured and there was significant fear that you would, you would catch this disease. So they were ostracised and pushed outside um, the, the major cities. And what they used to do is they used to gather together uh, to be able to, to work together to survive in these, in these places where, where really no one else was. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. But as we see here, they stood at a distance. They know what the, what the right custom is. And they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. Now, what, what's happening here? Why, why did Jesus ask him, ask these lepers to show themselves to the priests? This was, this was customary in uh, if, if a leper thought that they were healed or, or no longer had leprosy, they would have to show themselves to the priest first of all to kind of get the, uh, the medical clearance to be able to re-enter into society again. I was just thinking about some of the realities here of these lepers, that uh, if, if you got leprosy and you were a dad, you could not see your family again. Couldn't see your wife, couldn't see your kids, couldn't see your, your friends, you were out into the community, into uh, away from community. He said, go show yourself to the priests. Another thing that I was thinking, could you imagine um, if you had one leper come and say, hey, I've, I've been healed, I no longer have leprosy, can I go back into the, um, into the community again? That, that's, that's a big deal. But if you have 10 
all at the same time coming to you. Um, that, that's, a, that's a huge deal. So that, that people would know that, that something miraculous has happened here, that Jesus had healed them. As they went, there was an act of faith even for them to go. As they went, they were cleansed. That's interesting, isn't it? They, that they weren't just healed right at that moment, that it was as they went, they were healed. Um, well, there's lots to say about that, but I'll move on. One of them, when he saw he was healed, he came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has not one returned to give praise to God except for this foreigner? Then he said to them, said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. Gratitude is significant to Jesus. He was a, he was a bit perplexed. Uh, were, were, were the other nine not healed? We, we know that the, the other nine uh, were in fact healed and, uh, and yet what we see is that um, they, they didn't come back to Jesus. Maybe they went straight to their families or, or something like that, but they didn't come back to Jesus to say thank you. And, and Jesus is going, what, what's, what's going on here? Why didn't, why didn't they come back? You know, gratitude is, is incredibly important. It's incredibly important to God and it's incredibly important to relationships and uh, also our health as well. And we... Uh, kind of wonder, why, why would gratitude be so important? And I, I think one of the obvious reasons is, is uh, gratitude shows humility. It shows that uh, we, we realise that where we're, where we are where we are right now, uh, not just simply because of my own will, but because of the will and the good favour of others, and uh, especially things that God has done for us. But another thing of why God wants us to be a grateful people, why, it's, why gratitude is good. And uh, whether, whether you're a believer or not a believer, gratitude makes an, a, a, a huge difference in our lives. There's been a, a number of studies recently, and, and it's, it's interesting that they figure this out. Uh, most of, most of the, the laws of God, in fact, all of the laws of God are for our flourishing. And uh, it, is, it, is, it is good that we follow what he said. We've got that, that next slide here. There's uh, been a, a, an explosion, really, in gratitude um, research, and it's, it's really been started by a Christian psychologist about, about 10 or 15 years ago now, and now labs all around the world are studying it, because they're seeing just extraordinary impacts of having a, uh, expressing gratitude and having a grateful lifestyle. Um, across the board, they're seeing increased emotional well-being, um, they're finding that people who are grateful achieve more. They're, they're more resilient to trauma even when it, when it comes up. They're less depressed, uh, getting along with others more. And they're actually more likely to pay it forwards, more likely to be uh, generous people as well. Some of these studies are, are quite interesting. Uh, one, one study, he actually got a number of people 
to write down a journal for, for a number of days, uh, for, for about 10 weeks. And the first group of people, uh, they were asked, let's say this group here, they were asked to write down in your journal everything that you're grateful for each day. This group here was asked to write down things that irritated you um, for a week, uh, for 10, 10 weeks. And this group here was told just to write down uh, just anything that affected you at all. Now, it was, it was intriguing. The results they found were really quite, um, really quite marked. And what they found is that this group over here that wrote down uh, things of gratitude had a substantially um, uh, increase in optimism about life. They, they actually, interestingly, they actually exercised more. Um, don't know how that works. Uh, and also, they saw the doctors less as well. Gratitude seems to have this type of effect. And it, it started lots of research that, that has gone into all different areas now. There's another study of 411 people. And what they did there is they said to these people, they said, I want you to, to bring back a memory of someone that has been really, really good to you. There's someone that's done something really, really good in your life that has affected you in a positive way that you haven't actually said thank you to them for or haven't said it properly. And they said, I want you to, to keep that person in your mind. I want you to write a letter to them and I want you to go and actually read that letter to it and hand that letter to them. Now, that had a greater positive effect on their emotional well-being, on their happiness than any other intervention. That's extraordinary. Lasted for, lasted for a whole month as well. Uh, spouses who are grateful to their husband or wife, they feel more positive about the relationship. They feel more positive about, um, uh, about their spouse and they're more willing to bring up stuff that needs to be addressed as well because there's more security there. Science is finding all these positive effects of gratitude and uh, I wonder why, God, this is so important for his community especially and for us. He knows what's best for us. He's our creator. He loves us and he says, be grateful in everything. Give thanks in everything because he knows what's best for us. He knows that as we, as we move through perspective, through gratitude, that that is, is good for his people. We want to be a people who are grateful. You know, the, uh, the original psychologist was, um, that, that started this research, he was at a meeting with a, with a theologian who's um, now of the Lord called Dallas Willard. And he was talking to Dallas Willard about gratitude and he was saying, Dallas, I, I don't really see much gratitude in your, uh, in your writings. And um, Dallas Willard, he took some time to think and then he said, uh, what happens when we're, when we're grateful, especially before God, is it wells up in us and it expresses itself in celebration and praise. And uh, Dallas Willard speaks lots about celebration and praise. That's one of the things that we do as we, as we come together on the Sunday and as we, as we celebrate and as we praise God, we, we are expressing gratitude to Him. And it's good. And it's, 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 it's healthy for a community. Mary Ellen, could you show the next slide? Okay. 
Could we go to the next one and then we'll come back to that one? Um, this was written to the church in, um, in Colossians. It says, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with, with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs of the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in our hearts. I love that little, that little line on the end there. When we, when we sing to our God, when we sing this morning, we're singing with gratitude in our hearts. Gratitude that, that raises up into celebration and praise. We can go back now. So how do we, how do we practice gratitude? There's a couple of things that we need to do. We need to first um, observe and, um, and identify. I... We can go through life so easily. I was thinking in January when, when I, was, I, I, just, I was feeling a bit heavy. Um, I, I kind of had blinders on. And it, it, was, it was hard to see the things that I was grateful for in life. Uh, it's, a, it's a bit like our yabby friend here, Scorpion. Uh, if, if I could give Scorpion some advice, I would tell him when he gets back to his big uh, tank, uh, Scorpion, go and explore it. Uh, go and explore those little fish and, and uh, go try and climb out of the tank even. That will, that will give you some, some fun. Uh, when, when, we're, when we're observant, when we're, we're looking around at our world, it's amazing the things that pop up for us to be grateful for. This, this was a, we actually weren't meant to be talking about gratitude today. We were meant to be starting our series on the church. But I, I actually, in, a, in the prayer meeting last Sunday... Um, Lucy gave a, a, a devotion that just started my heart um, resonating with something God was saying. And I thought, no, we, we need to look at this as a church. Um, this needs to be something that is characteristic of us, that we are a grateful church. And it, it, made, it made a profound effect on me even this last week. I think Monday I got up and I was, I was driving the car and I was listening to a podcast, and I can't even remember what it was about, but it, it started to make me think about uh, how, how grateful I am for my kids and, and for my wife. And I, I, I came over, kind of going to breakfast with Julia, and I looked out over the bay. And, and out, the bay that we look at, do you know Wynnum here as you come down over there? It's just gorgeous. That blue, especially high tide. It's, um, it's, 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 it's really pretty at high tide. Um, it's different at low tide. Um, so many things to be thankful for. I sat down with Julia and, and I'd got just a, a long black and it had one of those beautiful creamers on top. Do you know those, just those really, and it was just, it was so nice. And I, I got my bacon and, and uh, oh, it was, it was just great. But yeah. <laughs> But there is a way that, that we can just crest over and just look out there or we can eat our bacon or we can get our coffee and we just kind of uh, take it like habitually, just like, yep, that, that's part of life without being gratitude. We actually have to observe and we have to identify the things that we are grateful for. And then we, we, we don't just observe them. We, we need to appreciate them, actually, actually internalize them and say thank you and then express that. Expression is so incredibly important. And I think that is often where it falls down. It's often where it falls down in a marriage. It's often where it falls down in relationships. 
I think of those lepers, those 10 lepers, actually those nine that didn't come back. If you went to those nine lepers and said, guys, you are so ungrateful. You didn't even come back to Jesus. I think they would say, are you kidding me? Our lives have been absolutely transformed by Jesus. We're back with our families now. We're back with community now because of what Jesus has done for us. That Their hearts would have been overflowing with grateful gratefulness, but because it wasn't expressed, there's something distinctly missing there. Isn't it true that gratefulness that isn't expressed is often received as ingratitude? That's a bit scary. When we don't express gratitude, often others experience that as ingratitude. And they often don't tell us about it. Often what we do, because you don't want to tell someone about it. You didn't say thank you. You sound like a, you sound weird. Like you're fishing for compliments. But what we do in relationships is we withdraw. Makes me think about times that I have been deeply grateful to people, but I haven't expressed it. As Australians, I, I don't think we're very good at expressing gratitude. We, uh, we don't tend to do it very well. And uh, something that I've noticed that uh, particularly in... It's, it's unusual, but particularly in Baptist churches as well, we're not very good at expressing gratitude. Uh, I've, I've been to a number of different denominations, a number of different churches... And uh, especially when we were coming back as missionaries on furlough, and I actually saw quite a distinct difference. I, I think I think we are we are very grateful people, but I think where it comes to expressing it, we, it actually falls down a bit. I've uh, I've so appreciated uh, Matt and Esther on our team. Uh, they're they're a couple that know how to express gratitude, know how to express thanks. And uh, they, they do that all the time. It was quite marked as they, as they came in. And uh, it even felt a little bit, little bit strange. Um, but it's been so good. It is so good to express that gratitude. I, was, I tried to dig into that a little bit. Why is it that we don't expect, express gratitude to one another like that? Why don't, why don't we do that quite as much? And I was, I was thinking about, um, there's, there's, there's these passages that, are, that go uh, a bit like this, that they have this principle, but when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. There's a number of passages like that, isn't it? And the principle is basically, uh, don't do something for the praise of men. Uh, don't, don't do something just so people can say, uh, aren't, you, aren't you fantastic, thank you so much. We, we know that that's, that's kind of a, a no-no. Uh, we know that we do things for the service of our God. But I think we apply that to then uh, withholding our expression of gratitude to others. That, that's not what this passage, what this principle is talking about. It's talking about our motive for doing stuff. Not, not we, we, we feel like if we say thank you to someone that it might weaken in some way um, their service or, or diminish their service. No, we, we need to be a, 
a, a church where we're saying thank you. We're expressing gratitude both to God horizontally, but, but um, vertically, um, but also horizontally to one another. I wonder if there's, there's some people that you might like to say thank you to even today. I think of, I think of those. I, I, think of, um, I think of our kids who are being looked after at the moment. There's teachers out there that aren't in with us here this morning because they love our kids and they're investing into our kids. Wouldn't it be good to say thank you to them? I think of our, I was coming in here and I was looking at the grounds again and they're looking amazing. Our Mow and Grow team, say thank you to them. Our worship team who came in at 7am this morning and, and was preparing for us. That person that, that saw you this morning and, and came over and said hello to you and welcomed you whether they were on the welcome team or not. So many things to say thank you to. My wife, Julia, who got the kids ready this morning, all by herself as I was here earlier. So many things to say thank you for. Unexpressed gratitude is often received as not gratitude at all. I want to read the, to finish, the very last part here. When this one leper came back, Jesus asked him, were not all the ten cleansed? Insinuating Jesus knew that they were all cleansed. Where are the other nine? Has not one returned to give praise to God except for this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go, for your faith has made you well. Now that little term there, that faith, that, that made you well, um, some translations actually translate this as saved you. Your faith has saved you. And uh, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's debated a little bit in, in, the, um, in literature as to what is actually being spoken about there. Either his faith, um, there was faith that he walked off to those priests and that made him well physically, but it, it could be said, and the, the, um, the grammar and the words that are used here um, would actually support that this could be talking about that there's something else going on here for this guy, that he wasn't just, uh, just saved physically, but actually his soul was saved as well. It's a possibility that that's what it's talking about. Our Christian life, it, it starts with gratitude. To, to, to even come to Jesus, it's, it's this, first of all, it's this gratitude that thank you for life. Thank you that, that you are the creator and, and, and that I am the creator. I, I come to you as the one who created me and knows me and knows what's best for me. And thank you for the cross, Lord. Thank you for saving me. And thank you for giving me purpose and thank you for giving me a destiny. And thank you for your forgiveness. To come to Jesus, it, it, it's, it's coming, it starts with gratitude. Say, thank you. It continues, doesn't it? Every time we're together, all throughout our, our week, we are expressing gratitude to God. And it's not only what he deserves, it's good for us. May we be a grateful church. May we be a church that says thank you, not only vertically to God, but thank you to one another.
Well, Father, we come before you and we, we just, our hearts are full of gratitude this morning. Lord, you, uh, we, we thank you for your Holy Spirit, the work of your Holy Spirit right now in, in just opening our perspective up to the things that you have done. And Lord, we, we thank you for the, for the ultimate thing that you have done for us, the ultimate thing that we can be great, grateful for, and that is your cross. That's your death and your resurrection that you have called us to yourself. So Lord, we, we thank you and we express that in our song and worship now to you. 